Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. These guys are ridiculous. These guys are ridiculous. Now, how about them damn Celtics? And we are back with another episode of How About Them Celtics. Sam and I are here recording on Saturday, November 11th, around noontime. I just woke up because I'm a loser. No, it's, I stayed up super late last night, and so I woke up late. And Sam was up. So we are recording the majority of this podcast before the Celtics-Raptors game. Uh, and we are going to obviously record our reaction to the Celtics-Raptors game after it happens later tonight. I'll be at the Garden for that game. Sam will be on a flight. Uh, and Sam's Wi-Fi is just kicking off the show with 20 seconds. 20, he really <laughs> asked for it to fucking work. Well, 20 seconds to start the, the show, show, it freezes. But we are here. Uh, Sam, so I, I, when you were frozen, I was telling them how I just woke up and I laughed and I made a joke. I had so. I, and I wasn't there. To I, yeah, it. right. I was waking up like, you know how you want, like when you're first waking up, you're like groggy and stuff. So I was like dreaming. And in my dream, I got a text from you that said, Oh, can we go a little later? And in my head, I'm like, oh, I can sleep in. And then I woke up and I didn't have the text. No, it was the opposite of what the text said. It was like, yeah. hey, I'm ready whenever you are. I was like hallucinating. I was like, oh, okay. And I went back to sleep. But in reality, I was just dreaming and I was always asleep. But uh, it was like a string. Was, uh... I was like, okay, I finished my run. This was like 9 30. I'm ready whenever. Get home from, I go and get like a little like breakfast coffee. And I'm like, hey, I'm going to make the sheet nothing <laughs> it was a uh what's it called it was it was a hallucination it was a <laughs> it was a roller coaster of emotions for me but before we get into the show and we throw it over to our future selves or just jazz. let's do what's popping it might just be me sam's gonna be on a flight we'll see what's uh, we're but... gonna try we might you might see some very innovative stuff in the next uh, couple <laughs> minutes we'll see we'll see but let's check in with in pop nito uh again for the third podcast in a row Comment what's popping. If you would like to be entered to win a $10 in Pop Nito gift card, Sam has it there. I'm going to be getting mine soon. Uh, but if you'd like a chance to win a $10 gift card to in Pop Nito, please comment on the podcast. What's popping. If you already comment, just throw what's popping at the start of it. And you will be automatically entered to win uh, and have your name on this gorgeous wheel that we have. That gives you some confetti, all the good stuff. But uh, shall we? Get into this. Let's see who wins in Papito this time. Who gets ten dollars? We're going. We're sitting. We're sitting. We're sitting. It's Nate Boss takes the cake. Uh, Nate, I'll be I'll be shooting you an email uh, after we finish recording here to get your contact information and put you in touch with our guy from In Papito, so you can get a ten dollar gift card and get yourself some popcorn. Great popcorn. We love In Papito. So great. if you would like. To be entered, again, comment on the YouTube or email us at hbtcpod at gmail.com. What's popping with the rest of your comment? And you'll be automatically entered. So thank you to everyone who's uh, submitted tons a what's popping comment this time. Of flavors. I got oh, yeah. Gingerbread man here. I just had some of the cheesy garlic bread, mm. which is one of the sneaky surprise ones. I'd only had like the candy ones. What is this? Dill pickle. This was Pickle's one of the ones good. you had ordered. Yeah. Good. 
and I have I a like ton it. more over here. So yeah, I'm I'm w. set. This will all be sitting here for a while, but because I will yeah. be here. But, w though, yeah. huge. So comment what's popping. Get yourself entered so you can win some popcorn, like Mister Nate Bach, Nate Boss, uh, here. But without further ado, we're gonna throw it over to our future selves to discuss the Celtics Raptors game tonight. All right, thank you to our past selves for uh, throwing it over to me and not Sam. So let me fix that real quick. Thank you, Cam, for filling in for Sam. I'll cross out the Sam on the screen. <laughs> this is why it took me an extra five minutes to start recording because uh, I had to make that overlay. But <laughs> we are here. Sam is currently on a flight. And so instead of Sam, you get me and Cam here to uh, recap the Celtics Raptors game, which was a massive win. I'll put the box score on the screen for y'all. Hopefully it doesn't mess up my overlay. I have a feeling it might, but Cam just gets a little extra promo. Yeah, <laughs> no problem with that. <laughs> Works for me. Uh, we are in the same room. I can see Cam right over there. So if you see any, if you hear any audio, that's what you know what it is. But uh, I think it sounds fine on my end. So I hopefully it sounds fine on your end too. But... <laughs> The Celtics took down the Raptors 117 to 94. And what was they kind of pulled their pants down in the second half. It wasn't really close uh, for a while there. Uh, Jason Tatum, 27 points. Jalen Brown, 29 points. Porzingis, 21. Hauser, 12. And then it was kind of just, you know, whatever offense the Raptors could find, which, spoiler alert, not much uh, was the answer to that question. So. Huge win for the Celtics. Uh, I was talking to Justin uh, Justin Turpin, excuse me, WEI. He was telling me, yeah, out of their seven wins, five have been by double digits, which is a pretty good percentage if you ask me. But uh, yeah, Cam, just thoughts on the pretty dominant win here for the Celtics. You want me to start with the good news or the bad news? Ooh, uh, give me the good news first, and then we'll end with the bad news because I have a feeling it could be funny. So hit me with the good news first. No, the bad news, the bad news isn't funny. The bad news is turnovers. Um, but, oh. <laughs> but the good news is, and this is something you, me, and Bobby Kravitzky of SI talked about all game long, was Chris Tapp's Porzingis mm-hmm. changes everything for the Celtics, and that was like so on display. Um, it's worth noting that the Raptors aren't a very good basketball team, or at least they don't have the personnel to compete <laughs> with a very good basketball team. And so Jakob Pertl got taken out of the game pretty early, and then they just like weren't big enough to really compete with the Celtics, especially with Porzingis yeah. playing as well as he did. I mean, let's see. Tatum had 27, Jalen had 29, and then Porzingis had 21. Uh, other yeah. than that, I mean, it wasn't like – like 117 is a lot, but not a lot, a lot. So it wasn't a huge – offensive performance from Boston, but when it was clicking, it was just relentless. I think they went on like a 21 to six run or something to open the third. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in the second half, they were clearly the better team. I mean, I guess I, I was thinking about this today. They now they, they've been beating bad teams and that is different than last season. It's a sign of growth. It's a sign of maturity. It's what you're supposed to do. They don't have a signature win. They don't have a, a win that maybe yeah. there's no feathers in their cap yet, right? So I think ultimately this game probably tells us more about the limitations of the Raptors than it does about Boston's potential. But in that third quarter, particularly when Porzingis and Drew and Jalen Brown were moving and shaking, like the model for how good this offense could be was right there. That's the good news, anyways. <laughs> you know, the, the Raptors were impressively bad 
in this one. It was honestly kind of two straight games of just teams that don't really know how to play offense, especially with Cam Thomas out for the Nets. Like, mm-hmm. you got Scotty Barnes running points. Scotty Barnes has been good this year. Like, he, he wasn't particularly great in this one. He made some threes, which you didn't expect him to. Um, I say he made some threes. It was two of nine. But uh, he, he was there, and he, he's been having a good season. He, he played the game. <laughs> <laughs> he did, in fact, show up. Um, but, yeah, this nobody the Raptors put on the floor could handle – what the Celtics were bringing offensively and then defensively. Um, the Celtics were just better as well. Like the Raptors got some, you know, some open looks, but they couldn't make them because they're not very good. You know, Dennis Schroeder got to the rim for a couple of tough finishes, but it just, it just wasn't close. And as much as you want to see the Celtics, you know, identity become defense, uh, which again, the Raptors shot 38 and 27. So it was pretty good defensive night. Like there was just no answer for Kristaps Porzingis on the Raptors. Like Jakob Pertl was, you know, out in space and he was screwed. Precious Achua was like the Raptors bad, couldn't do anything on defense. Nobody they threw at Kristaps um, <clears throat> could solve the problem that is KP. Yeah, no. And, and the best part about Kristaps is yes, he's going to score. He's 21 points, nine of 14 shooting three or seven from the field. Like that's great efficiency. He was awesome. But the way his presence on the court opens the game up for Tatum and Brown to work, like, it was asked about a lot in like post-game press conferences. The two-man game between Kristaps and JB is like next level. And that's not something you saw from JB like last year or two years ago. Like he's never been a good playmaker, but working with Kristaps Porzingis in the pick and roll, he becomes that sort of game manager that everyone wants him to be because he has such an elite offensive weapon. And this isn't to say he's solving the, you know, turnover problems or the playmaking problems because I still don't think he'll ever be elite at that or even get to Jason Tatum's level how he's improved but having a guy like KP who opens up so much is really unlocking that part of Jalen Brown's game I mean Kristaps said it after the game he said you know we're gonna get even better and he was like laughing he's like trust me trust me you're gonna be better so it's just like to see how much he unlocks for the Jays he's like Yes, Kristaps as an individual as a scorer is awesome, but the way he opens up the entire offense for the Celtics is like anything beyond I could have imagined. And I was saying this summer, I was like, yeah, he's going to change the way they play offense, but like he changes the way they play offense and it's awesome. It's so fun to watch. Yeah, we're really getting like that Washington Wizards version of Kristaps Porzingis, which is instrumental. I mean, I've talked to you about how I think the Jays were too young and now they're just stepping into their prime. Porzingis is only like 27 or 28 so it's a similar thing like the mm-hmm. player that he was when he first entered the league is a shadow of who he can be right now if he stays healthy yeah Jalen only had two assists tonight but that that's a misleading number there was one play in particular that you and I both uh, were looking at where Brown he didn't really set a screen it was like half of a screen but he kind of motioned for Porzingis to drift from the post out to the three-point line and then I think yes. Drew ended up passing it to him um, Drew and Chris Tapps are also opening up a pretty serious two-man game. But yeah, the way he fits in the offense is really spectacular. Uh, I mean, a- another theme early on this year has been the use of the post. And just in some ways, you want the Celtics to have a post game because it gives them a chance. Is this the play that we we're talking about? Wow. I got it locked. I got it locked and loaded, baby. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, and then that finger point. Jeez, Jack, you're so good at this stuff. I can <laughs> barely copy and paste text <laughs> tonight. And Jack. I got my notebook. I've got my I got the timestamps locked up, baby. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um speaking of resources, so Jack and I, this is tangential to the game, but the game didn't matter. Um, we're sitting in the room that they do coaches press conferences in, and I have a the press sheet that they give the players and the coach after. 
Mm. And I can't believe how user unfriendly this is. I mean, I've seen this before, but I've never really thought about using it live. So I've been trying to like pull mm -hmm. numbers out of it. Like if I had dyslexia or something, I couldn't use this at all. This is ridiculous. <laughs> um, yeah, so what the Celtics can do with the post is I think really important. Not just like, okay, they're not hitting their threes and they need another look. Joe Missoula, please don't yell at me. But more importantly, proactively, they can create this uh, like lack of rhythm on offense. They can go to the post. Because Horford can post up. Tatum can post up. Porzingis can post up. Then they can shoot three threes. Then someone's going to cut. I mean, it, it just gives a new layer of intrigue to their offense in a really fantastic way. And Porzingis is a big part of that. To say nothing, Porzingis is a great cutter. Um, I, I don't yeah. know. I Man, it's November, like, I, I'm worried about his long-term health. I'm worried about sure. uh, his defense wasn't very good against Pirtle, but his offense was better, and that's how Pirtle kind of got out of the game. There are a few times where Pirtle kind of posted him, and uh, that's something to keep an eye on. Is like if a bigger big or a strong big wants to, they can kind of handle Porzingis on an island. That that looks got to change, I think. But uh, first of all, that's not my my bad news yet my bad news is still the turnovers but if you're looking for things to nitpick <laughs> that was still on display um i have more good news and then we can talk about the turnovers or or not um by my account third straight very good sam hauser game not like yeah should he, not like should he be starting good but like this is a really solid uh, important wing off the bench who mm -hmm. is sneaky good on defense and is his offense is finally consistent. I, I was talking about this with Bobby Koritsky before the game, and I turned to him. I just go, you know, Sam Hauser starts making his shots. It's great. But, like, in general, he's just such a great, like, bench wing. Like, at the mm -hmm. contract he's at, making, like, a minimum deal right right now, he is not only shooting 40% from three on high volume, which is so important, but he's also comfortable driving closeouts, which, as much as I love Grant yep. Williams, wasn't the best at last year. <clears throat> he's and good defender in the sense that teams can attack him and he won't just be a walking, you know, two points for the opposing team. Like he can stand up and he's been getting a lot of blocks this year too. I saw a tweet about yeah. it. I forget who, who it was, but like he's blocking shots. And then as a connector, as a passer, like he hasn't shown a lot during the season because that's not his role, but in the preseason, he was driving closeouts and making reads, making real passes yeah. that impacted the game. Like he, he is a good all around player. And as if his shot continues to be what it is, like, you know, obviously the 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 slump he was in has sort of taken over people's minds, but now after however many straight games it's been, he is shooting forty five point three percent from three on roughly six attempts a game. Like that is elite level shooting from a guy who is six foot eight and comfortable shooting with a hand in his face. Like he is a legitimate rotation player in the NBA. And heading into the season, the whole problem was like, oh, the Celtics depth. How how's just like the first sub off the bench next to Al Horford, and he's damn good at it. Like this is very very important for Celtics team. And Pritchard's been good too. The shooting isn't always there, but like everything else he's doing is important. I think Luke Cornett's even been good, but like Hauser outside of the top six, it, it, you know what? Even Horford included, because Horford struggled. Like Hauser might be the sixth best player on the team right now, and, and like not overall. Obviously, Horford's still a more impactful, better player. But like right now, like Hauser's giving them significant, important minutes. He played eighteen tonight, shot four or six from deep, uh, deep, grabbed four rebounds. Like he was really good, and he's been really good. And it's 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 fun to see uh, after the slow start. Yeah, Hauser's like 
basically built like Paul George, similar weight, similar height. I mean, I think, <laughs> I think, well, you, you think, I know, uh, like, I know, it's just funny. <laughs> under underpaid white guy for the Midwest is not like a big, strong body, but like, I mean, if you see him in person, he, he's way stronger than you might see on television. And to your point, he, mm-hmm. he often isn't in a position to use that athleticism, but we've seen it a lot. There are a few loose balls. Actually, there was one play where I thought he was going to get hurt. He like really hit the deck hard. Um, but yeah, when he involves himself with the offense physically beyond just shooting, it's really intriguing. And then on defense, uh, he's not going to you know make an all defensive team, but I I think he can be a really reliable plug and play piece. Piece. It'll be interesting. I, one of the questions I have is if you stagger the f- let's say four stars with respect to Horford. Um, or I guess five because of White. Jeez, this team is so good. Um, you got to respect Derek White. Hey, that's yeah, the rule of the podcast. <laughs> I know that's like that's um your your rat list is just going to be me saying that just now. Um, <laughs> Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet five dollars and get two hundred in bonus bets, guaranteed. That's guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. It absolutely is. The app is easy to use, and you can be on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston. Kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I don't know what the right combination of staggering is. I don't think they know either who should play with who to maximize return, but Hauser's such a reliable... Like, basically, if you split the Jays, right, one of them can play alongside Hauser, and that's so helpful because defensively, mm. you're giving up less than I think you would you would think at first blush. Yeah. yeah. Great. Great. Definitely. Um... <laughs> I guess Cornet and Pritchard were fine. <laughs> I really know. Yeah, I mean, this—it's fun. It's fun, it's fun to great. have. It like feels so professional. Um, we can talk about the turnovers quick too, because there were some rough ones. Like that is something the Celtics had to clean up. They only had twelve, but it did feel like there were a lot more because of. To be honest, it's probably because the Raptors didn't deserve the turnovers. <laughs> it's probably because they were a lot of unforced error turnovers, which I don't know if I see that as going to be a big problem because, like. Like the age old thing is, oh, well, the rap, the Warriors led the league in turnovers just because they played super fast. But like, you do want to minimize those mistakes. And at times, it felt like the turnovers came because there was too much, you know, oh, it's my turn, my turn. I'll call my own number. Like, yeah, I, I don't know how many of them were in like the fourth quarter versus the, the first quarter versus, you well, know, they had seven in the first half. <clears throat> okay. So, yeah, that's significant. Yeah. They had seven in the first half. That, that was why that was the uh, bad news. Is and eight? It's- eight in the first half. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a lot more than I thought. That's what I said. I'm I'm looking at NBA, I'm looking at NBA.com. I don't know. What is this? I counted seven. <laughs> um, we may need to edit something after this. Um, yeah, I mean, a few of them were errant passes, 
which you know you want people to be making ambitious passes, passes I suppose, but it was still a prominent part of their game. Is yeah, by my count, actually, if you have the stats in front of you, I heard, I saw twelve Raptors points off turnovers in the first half, which. I mean, Boston at one point led by 30. This game was never close, but because of the turnovers in the first half, yeah, they, they went into halftime it felt only worse. up 10 or something like that. Yeah. So, I I think they have Raptors are some nice players, but I think they stink. And giving up <laughs> easy points to stinky teams is a bummer. Giving up turnover-based points to good teams is a killer. So... I don't know. Maybe it's just like a part of the fabric of this team. No, no coach seems to be able to get it out of them, but mm-hmm. it, it, it wasn't not a thing, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, looking at their first half turnovers, I, I have the, uh, hopefully this pulls up the right thing. I have them here. We, we don't have to dive through all of them because we have to put a copyright film over this in, in the post so we don't like <laughs> lose copyright or whatever and people get mad at it. But this one in particular, I haven't watched them all. These are the first half turnovers. This looks to me just like, them not getting used to the spots like it feels like drew thinks you know chris stops is going to leak out towards logo a little bit more create space and so he just ends up throwing it too far that's one thing jalen just got stripped on this one i haven't watched the rest yet but like this one says brown gets stripped by siakam so i assume this is just another one where he over dribbles shocker that's a classic deal brown but then there are some of those bad passes that you mentioned it feels like like they're just that one that was the one i was thinking about there's not really an excuse for that one. Um, But it it does feel like some of these are, I don't want to say they'll go away throughout the season because I do, (laughs) excuse me, I do feel like the Celtics just might be a turnover prone team because of how much they go to ISO a little bit or how much they try to find these guys in their spots. But like Porzingis not going out to the logo, like we've seen he can shoot from the logo. So it's not like that's a spot where he just wouldn't be. So maybe it's just them getting used to like knowing where their teammates want the ball because they're still so new together. Um, But that's definitely something they have to work on throughout the season because like you said, like you can't give these teams turnovers. Like that's a big reason why the Sixers were able to keep that lead. Like Maxi's just (laughs) the flash. And so you give a turnover and you're, you're getting the score on. Um, And that, that happened against the Raptors too, but how did um, you, yeah. If I have League Pass, do I have access to all those videos? Anybody does. If you go to the boxhornb.com, you can click on stats and I'll show you the videos. Is that how people clip videos for Twitter so fast? Uh, no, because it doesn't, they don't show up there until after the game. And so it's, it's like a little after the game, then the videos load. On Twitter, people clip it. I don't know how people clip it. I just, when I, when I clip stuff, <laughs> when I clip stuff for Twitter, I, I just have like Hulu open and so I'll rewind and then I'll go video in. Like, I don't know. That's when Ooh. I'm at home, at least. I don't know how people do it from here. Well, I, that's how that's, on Hulu? I have Hulu plus live TV. So when it's on NBC Sports Boston, I can draw in. It's easy. Oh. <laughs> I love I the, the people. All the people I've ever met who work at NBC Sports Boston have been nice people. That app sucks. That app does not work. Oh, it's yeah. No, it's not good. It's not good at all. Very, I, again, like you said, love the NBC Sports Boston crowd, but <clears throat> not a good app. Um, looking at the uh, the Raptors game a little bit more, Jason Tatum kind of kind of sick kind of awesome just i mean just a really good player as much as that's terrible you know uh breaking news here (laughs) yeah right like he used 10 of 18 from the field three of nine from deep maybe a few too many of those but he was a plus 42 uh which is (laughs) crazy but the thing that i enjoyed was something i i wanted to ask him but didn't get a chance he got a call uh or he he got something called against him uh against Siakam and then he got mad but instead of like complaining too much he just went down the other end 
got himself in the same exact position that Siakam was in and drew the same exact foul. Uh, but I mean, if you want to take a positive, Siakam only made one or two and Tatum made two or two free throws. So like Tatum used the anger. He was like, all right, you know, fuck this. I'm going to be aggressive. I'm going to go down here. I'm going to draw a foul. Like that's, I'm mad. And then he followed that up by chucking a not so great three, but then he made a three as well. Uh, aggressive or he made a layup, sorry, at, at the end of the half. So like I- I'm enjoying seeing Tatum, attacking the game in new ways and you see it a lot in, in the way he's posting up sam cassell is working on him with that as he's talked about this season the way he's driving more i mean i don't know if you've seen the the shot chart for tatum year to year have you seen that graphic on twitter where it's like his shots last year were only you know at the the wings i'll find it while you're giving your take on it but like he is attacking the game from so many other spots there was another play i need to find it um i, I probably have it written down here but i would need to find it he took a three or excuse me he got the ball at the three-point line he pump faked i can find that i got it right here I, i'm glad i found the uh yeah, yeah, the, what's yeah. it called time stamp it's in the second quarter an 18 and he made a jumper so i'm going to pull it up here and show you exactly what i'm talking about so jason tatum last year this would have been a pull-up contested three in transition this year jason tatum says i'm running i'm running got the ball here Psych, you're going to close yeah. up. I'm going to settle for a little mid-range jumper, and that's money. That is such a huge progression for Jason Tatum. Him not settling for that three, like he can make that midi all day, but he wasn't taking it last year. Instead, this year, he is not settling for as many threes. He still took nine, but he's not settling for the bad threes, and that's why you're seeing his efficiency go up. He's shooting like 55% from the field because he's driving and emphasizing the mid-range more like he, he is such a complete offensive player that uh, like the whole complaint of you know use use your game more and he's doing it and it's 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 coming at the perfect time because he can still get his 30 points but it's more mm-hmm. efficient so he doesn't have to take as many shots like tatum's been unbelievable and that play was a perfect example i mean it's i i have two thoughts on well i guess i have three thoughts on that first i'd be curious to see what the team uh shot chart across the board looks like and if that is something schematic and related to coaching or if that's tatum uh, assuming tatum had some this is say tatum. In that. year to year by the way last year this year <laughs> yeah that's night and day i mean it feels Take similar effort. to when lebron made that leap in miami where the like presence of and they, they were both 26 or about to be 26 anyways the mm-hmm. presence of mind to use your body and spacing in the right way is i mean you hear the trope like the game's really slowing down for him but i think that that's true when you take the superstar to super duper star leap it's just like making that decision in real time because mm-hmm. you have to imagine jason tatum every instinct in his body is to shoot a three or dunk the basketball because well, yeah. why wouldn't that be what he wants to do um yeah i know that that's tremendous to to your point i'll i'll do you one better i've got the quote from joe missoula post game nice. Uh, which you asked him about, so that's the only reason mm-hmm. I have it. Missoula said, that's an area where, here's my Joe Missoula impression. No, just um, that's an area where Jason has really grown. He's using that energy towards physicality and execution on both ends of the floor, which is true. I mean, to say nothing of pulling up for a three, the, the question really was around complaining about calls or getting distracted when he's feeling slighted or emotional. And the early return suggests that like Tatum will still complain about a call, but he'll also not, you know, lose his cool necessarily. So I don't know. I don't know if we will look back on this game and say like, yes, this was a piece to the puzzle or like I said, I, they haven't beaten a good team yet. So I'm a little, I'm not skeptical, sure. but I'm waiting to 
say the new era is here and it has begun because I think you and I might have been able to score a basket against that Raptors team at some point. <laughs> it was it was ugly. It was ugly. Uh, last thing before I you know let you surrender from this pain that is the How About Them Celtics podcast. Uh, <laughs> Jalen Brown, our commenters have gotten mad at us at times for not talking about when Jalen Brown is good. And so I wanted to talk about it because he was really stinking good in this game. Like I, I thought, obviously, we talked about the two-man game with KP. He had 29 points. Um, five rebounds, two assists, only two turnovers, uh, 12 of 20 from the field, three of eight from deep. His chemistry with Kristaps Porzingis showed off the improved playmaking, but like, I I don't think, and I I think the reason I I don't talk about it as much is because Jalen Brown's a professional scorer. That is what he does. That is the expectation. His ability to drive and then just dunk over anybody who is in his way like he had a he had a couple dunks tonight where he's just like yeah sorry raptors get the fuck out of the way like you don't exist to me and he just dunked all over him he there's still the the threes you might not want to see where it's contested you're like yeah maybe don't take that but then he makes them and it's like he did at the end of the game against the sixers when he struggled he he just makes them sometimes so it's cool but like his ability to drive to the lane i think is the reason why people get mad at him taking those threes because he's so fucking good driving to the lane and when he takes the threes it's like Jalen you could have gotten past Precious Achua and, and taken a, a dunk at the rim but you took a contested three so he was awesome tonight the, the chemistry with, with Kim, uh, Christoph Porzingis was on point like you mentioned that screen that we watched like he's doing stuff off the ball too like Jalen Brown I thought this was honestly probably one of his better games of the season in terms of his ability to to be an offensive hub uh, with KP and just his ability to score the basketball um, it might not show up as much in the statutes I mean obviously he had 29 points, but he was only a plus nine uh, compared to like plus 42 for Tatum, plus 20, plus 22, whatever it was. But I, like, I was very impressed with the way he handled himself, especially on the offensive end. And uh, defensively, he was good too, but there's not much to say defensively against a Raptors team with no offense. But I, I thought Jalen Brown had a really, really good game tonight, and I was impressed. Yeah, I, I'm inclined to agree. There was a stretch. I, I forget if it was the first quarter, or the end of the first quarter or the beginning of the second quarter where Tatum sat in that theme where Boston's offense, like, is a chicken without a head. Uh, yeah, it happens. And but yeah. J- that's on Jalen Brown, right? I mean, if he's the other all-NBA. Was... Well, so it, it wasn't to start. The, whatever the stretch <laughs> was, the first, I think the first Tatum sub, Boston's offense looked mm-hmm. kind of crappy. Jalen was forcing the issue a little bit. It didn't feel super encouraging. Later, that flipped on its head. I mean, again, Jalen led all scores with 29 points. And it's not just that he can beat most people off the dribble, which he can, especially when he finds a uh, mismatch. He, off ball, he's such a good cutter. Like, he, he is something of a lob threat. He, in with speed and space, he can dunk over everyone, to your point. I really would love to see him execute off ball a little more to his benefit, because he can finish at the rim so explosively. So, this game started not as a mixed bag, but closer than you would have expected. I mean, after the first quarter, it was 30 to 26. It wasn't a blowout. Again, later, yeah. the Celtics led by as many as 30. So it really changed gears in a, in a big way. And Jalen being the focal point of the offense was a big part of that. But there was still, not to be a Debbie Downer, there were still elements of Jalen as the primary offensive option this season has made interesting decisions. But then later there was, whoa, he's, uh, this is transformative. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, that's a good word for it. And I, I think part of that is, I don't want to say on Joe because I don't want to make it like out like it's his fault, but I think it's Joe's job to put Jalen in the best positions to succeed. And last game against the Nets, when I think you saw him struggle a decent amount, was Jalen Brown, Derek White, and bench guys. And like Derek White's great, but having Jalen play primarily with Porzingis, I think is the solution to minimizing the non-Tatum minutes, uh, and it, that showed tonight. So shout out Jalen. I thought he was good. Uh, did I we miss anything? Gonna... Is there anything else in this game we should have talked about? No, I mean I think Drew Porzingis and Jalen uh, playing together when Tatum sits, and then yeah. Tatum can play with like Derek and Horford. That seems like that's be... <laughs> yeah. I think that's good. Ha- yeah, I think that I let's keep an eye on that. Um, yeah. No, hmm. I don't think there's anything. I think that's really... it. Akon was here. That was cool. Akon was here. That was cool. I agree. Um, get to meet Akon, but yeah. that was cool. <laughs> no, <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. The Raptors are just really bad. They're really not a good team. Mm-hmm. Uh, not uh, not good. Anyways, thank y'all uh, for listening to our recap, and thank you Cam for joining us. And I'll throw it back over to me and Sam and our past selves. All right. Thank you to future Jack and Sam for that wonderful recap of the Celtics Raptors game. I'm sure maybe it was spectacular Jack. or maybe just Jack, but I'm sure I did a good job too. If that's, that's yeah. the case. So I, I'm confident in our abilities to re- recap the basketball game, but uh, doubling back a little bit to the Celtics Nets game, since it was the Celtics first back to the back of the season, we got a little replica, a little replication, a little duplicate coverage. Essentially we have stuff that's still fresh <laughs> yeah. to talk about despite the pod coming out uh, a day later. Yeah, let me shut the fuck up and just talk. Peyton Pritchard got into a little bit of beef after the game with Dennis Smith Jr. And he also got into some beef with the haters online. It, it was a beef-filled day for Peyton Pritchard. Who had, I don't ask him about that. Uh, I, he was in the locker room. Um, Lame. I don't think anybody asked him. I, I don't know if anybody asked him about Dennis Smith Jr. But Soft media. He was uh, had his best game of the season against the Nets, arguably. I forget exactly what he finished with. I think he had like 13 points and 7 assists. But he made a couple shots. He grabbed four offensive rebounds. He made a real impact on the game. Uh, and he scored the ball. Yeah, 13 points. Sorry, three assists, five rebounds, five of 10 from the field, two of seven from deep. Still not the best shooting performance, but he made a couple shots, which was nice to see. And considering he scored zero points in a lot of games prior to this, and he played 30 minutes in a real game, it was it was nice to see him make an impact. But uh, after the game, Pritchard said, I haven't been on social media and I haven't been looking, so I figured people are coming at me but it's part of playing in boston and that's what i like about it so i wouldn't want to play anywhere else but if i'm playing bad i want to hear it and uh, i'll get it back um says his extension helped keep him calm uh etc you know despite the poor performance not being good uh also said i went back to what made me a good shooter in the first place then i started dialing back into that it's just kind of a mental game how it starts to uh it starts to affect you start second guessing shots but at the end of the day you put in too much work so i just believe in myself which is i mean He's saying all the right things. And the, the piece about, you know, I, I like playing in Boston because of that. Fans should take that and be okay with it. But uh, and I think the I, fans already like him. Yeah, we were. I mean, I'll, I'll say it for both of us. We were, I, we weren't worried about Dan Pritchard. Like, the shooters go through slumps. It happens. It was poor time because it was the start of the season. He was fresh off a really hot preseason. But right, he, he he's an impactful player. Joe Mazzulla said it after the game. He said he's been impactful all season. He just hasn't been scoring. And so... I think Pritchard's fine. It's glad to hear that he hasn't been, you know, looking into social media too much because we know how that can affect players. So it's it's nice to see him, you know, sort of just settling back into his role. See, I think he's actually running from the grind. Like, I would have way more respect for Peyton Pritchard if he was like, yeah, like, 
I wasn't looking at social media. Then I looked at it before <laughs> today and I got a little bit of extra boost. So I went out there and balled out and decided to make some threes. In all seriousness, I think it's really great that he had a game where he was making shots. He was confidently taking shots. He was making an impact off the ball, even though, again, he's done that all season. It's something we briefly touched on in the little recap that posted on Saturday morning. But, I mean, he was all over the offensive glass. He got an offensive rebound on his own free throw. That never happens. And he put it back up for no. two points. Peyton he also Pritchard got an offensive rebound on his own on his own three and then made a three. <laughs> it was like he was just tracking That's it confidence. down. <clears throat> for real. No, it's it's good to see him willing to just make and if anything, I'd rather him start off like this, cold from three, but impacting the game in other ways, than red hot from three, and that's all he's doing. Do you know what I'm saying? Because it shows sure. he can have an impact even when he's cold. And then you know, like, okay, so even when he is making shots, like, he'll be doing other stuff too. I, I think it just shows that he's more a more well-rounded pay- player than a lot of people give him credit for. Um, and I stand by it. That extension's a steal, especially with how the salary cap is rising. Like, that's just a really good contract for a player who can play 30 minutes and have a positive impact on the game. Yeah, at the very least, I think it's going to be something if not with Boston, another team is going to want to take in a trade. And they're like, well, Pritchard's ceiling might be kind of high. We can trade for him, bring him in here, give him more minutes, more freedom, and see how he pans out rather than being with the Celtics and being very limited, even though he's not that limited because they trust him. But more limited in terms of the talent he's playing with and the actual things that people want to see him doing. If he was on a bench roll with, let's say, I don't know, a bad team like the Clippers or something, right? (laughs) Or, you know, pick a team. Uh, Even San Antonio would be interesting. The Grizzlies? Memphis. (laughs) Unfortunately. (laughs) He, He would have a lot of flexibility with what he's allowed to do if he's allowed to cook. The speed hasn't really looked to be there in terms of getting to the rim when a defender's on him. But besides that, he's definitely able. He's definitely crafty enough to get shots off and create for others at times. We've seen him post triple doubles when he actually gets opportunity to really have the ball in his hands. Yeah, Uh, I agree. I agree. It's nice to see him playing well, and uh, I I expect him to keep playing well. I mean, he's going to have his downs. Every player gets cold, but. Like he'll bounce back. He's a good player. Next thing we have is uh, Jason Tatum is leading the league in plus minus, and it's not really close. <laughs> like Tatum's just, and this was kind of a thing last year too. Like Tatum was the best Celtic in terms of plus minus, which in your head, you're like, yeah, duh, no shit. Of course he's the best player in plus minus, but like, no, he was by far the best player in plus minus. The Celtics have a negative point differential when he's off the court or a negative net rating when he's off the court. Uh, Grandy tweeted out last night. I'm going to try to find it just so I'm not like speaking out of my ass here. Um, So I can give you the actual stat and I'm not making it up as I go. But even with all of, you know, you know, Drew Holiday coming in, Chris Dupsberg is coming in, the new talent on the team. This is still what it looks like for Jason Tatum on the court. The on-court, off-court numbers for Tatum. Tatum on the court, Celtics, plus 124. Tatum off the court, Celtics, minus 26. The Celtics are a plus 98 on the season, but they are the negative uh, plus minus with Tatum off the court. That's absurd. (laughs) That's like actually ridiculous. Is it concerning? No, I don't think so. I I bet the Nuggets have a not very good point differential when Jokic is off the court. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's just like Tatum is that good. I don't think it's a reflection of how like, Oh, the rest of the team is bad. I think it's just a reflection. Maybe the bench, if you're really going to get into it. But, like, I think it's a reflection of how good 
like Jason Tatum is like because Drew Holiday has a plus 89 Porzingis has a plus 83 Derek White is a plus seven excuse me got the hiccups plus 75 like and those are all top 15 numbers in the league like the rest of the Celtics have good plus minuses too what about Jalen Tatum's is he up there um, he's at uh plus 58 yeah I mean he's top 25 top 26 too it's just Tatum is that good. Like Tatum's just really fucking good at basketball. As stupid as that is, he's skilled, smart, strong. He mm. can get whatever he wants. Here are the plus minuses for the Celtics, by the way. Okay, so the question that I really wanted to think about here is Tatum plus one twenty four. Is there a way for the Celtics to not look like absolute ass when he's on the bench? <laughs> Because even in a, in a game like Friday's against Brooklyn, right, there was a stretch there where it was Jalen Brown and the boys, and things did not look it great. It was Jalen and Derek White, yeah. And they didn't they, do well. They need to really give Jalen more reinforcement, I think. And I think Jalen had a good game on Friday. This is not Jalen bashing. This is maybe Jalen shouldn't be the only one out there. He's just not that good. He's good enough to be the number one, but he definitely needs some solidified twos and threes with him. Whereas yeah. Tatum, you can trot him out there with all the fellas, Pritchard, Hauser, Cornette, and pick your fifth, and they still do just fine. Jalen mm-hmm. Brown can't be out there with that group. He needs Drew Holiday. He needs Porzingis as an option because if not, he's going to see too many defenders, and I don't think his handle is there just yet to be able to handle all that. It's how Net- the Nets got back into the game for a little bit. It wasn't pretty. <clears throat> yeah. I agree. I almost wonder if it would be better off being a Drew Holiday because, like, the way Joe has been running the rotation so far, it's been Drew with Tatum um, and Porzingis on the bench, which for Horford, but obviously Horford wasn't there last night, so I assume you would have seen him in that lineup with Jalen and uh, and Derek White. I wonder if it would be better if it was Drew Holiday and Jalen Brown and Derek White and Jason Tatum sort of paired in those bunches for subs. Um, but I also think it just didn't help that like when that lineup that was in against the Nets, and I know exactly when you're talking about it, it was in the middle of the first quarter when the Nets kind of made a surge back after the Celtics took an early lead. Derek White just like missed like three easy floaters in a row. So that goes from a, you remember what I'm saying? Like they got good shots, just Derek White's shot was a little bit off and that kind of ruined the flow of things. So the Celtics went from up nine to, you know, a two point game when it could have been, you know, a 10, 12 point lead for them. It's just Derek White missed a couple layups. So I don't think that was as much of you know Jalen bad but I do agree that like he's just not the best at well I mean not bad as a player but bad is running an offensive unit by himself because that's just never been his game um so I do wonder if you'd rather see him with Drew Holiday or him with you know Drew Derek White and Porzingis and then Tatum with just one of the other starters uh but those are things I'm sure uh Joe can work on throughout the season but the Tatum plus minus thing is I mean, it's 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 kind of nuts. And the fact that he's still averaging like 28 points, 10 rebounds, three and a half assists uh, on 50, 40 shooting this year. Like that's, that's some, uh, that's some crazy shit. And Jalen's percentages are, are better this year too. 45, 38 good. Porzingis shooting super well. Derek White shooting well. Drew Holiday probably you want to see a little bit better, but he's averaging eight and six. So you can, you yeah, know, he's, a he's been there. more of a do everything guy. Yeah. He was four double doubles on Friday. Yeah, four double doubles for Drew Holiday already. Um, no complaints here uh, from them. And Tatum is uh, 
it's it's fun to watch. I'll put it that way. Tatum's Tatum's plus minus is fun to watch. He leads the league in total plus minus so far. Um, <clears throat> second is Kentavious Cadwell Pope. Then Anthony Edwards. Wolves have been rolling. Like that's not a fluke that they beat the Celtics. They've just been really good this year. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, Jokic, Aaron Gordon, Drew Holiday. It's a lot of the top teams. Um, and then Dylan Brooks chilling there. Ten. The Rockets also have been uh, sneaky. Like eyes emoji. Five in a row. Team. Five in a row. He may in the boys. Um, but yeah, next thing we have is Drew Holiday. Uh, we got back to back Drew Holiday topics, but during the game, and I didn't hear the exact quote. Drew Holiday was uh, wink, wink, talking to JJ Redick. What do you say? What do you say exactly? So I saw this online because I watched the local broadcast, as you all should. Mm. He goes up to JJ as he's mic'd up and he goes, You look good in a suit, but you would look better in a jersey. Mm-hmm. Does he want him on the Celtics? Would be funny. I know JJ Redick has talked about how he was almost on the Celtics at one point. Like I, I know there was the yeah. coaching stuff when Joe Mazzulla signed on, but like as a player too, he talked it was about like it. Like before he went um, to Philly, I think he almost came here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, JJ Redick's not going to come back and play for the Celtics. He seems like he's got but, uh, it pretty good. I think he likes yeah. what he's doing. I think he's all right. I think he's. Uh, but what if he does it? He wants a ring. But what if he's chase the ring? I think. I think JJ Redick will be a coach sooner rather than later. I always get a kick point. out of when JJ's like, I hate ring culture, but like he doesn't, he doesn't have like a ring. <laughs> so of course you don't like it. Not, not to say like anyone's like JJ, no rings. No, but... I, I do agree with his take on that though. Ring culture is a bit extreme and it definitely factors in like quit you, crying you... and win. <laughs> You're the fucking worst. Uh no, but yeah, wink, wink. Drew Holiday wants him. Uh, were they? T- they were never teammates, were they? They were. Were they teammates? No. <clears throat> Are we no. sure? Reddick played about... Orlando, then New Orleans, flipped, then Milwaukee briefly. Oh, they might have been teammates in New Orleans. Were they teammates in New Orleans? I don't know what year JJ Reddick went to New Orleans. Uh, I think that might have been the last year of his career, and then they, they were teammates. JJ. Yeah. Okay. they were teammates in New Orleans. Yeah, okay. I, I was wondering because I knew it wasn't in Philly because I knew they didn't cross paths there, but right. Okay. There were teammates in New Orleans. Anyways, uh, second back to back Drew Holiday topic. We couldn't find the quote, but obviously Drew Holiday has been guarding big guys this year. You wonder, obviously, we're going to have reacted to the Raptors preview earlier in the show, so we haven't seen the game yet, but you wonder if he'll probably get that assignment again with Yaka Pertle and Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam. Scotty Barnes or, or <clears> three bigger Siakam. guys. I, I would guess you're burning him on Pirtle. No, I think you'll probably see Kristaps on Pirtle because he likes to actually the Raptors would probably be a good lineup for the Celtics to, to guard because Kristaps likes to play in the drop anyways. And so you'll have Pirtle down there just kind of sinking the whole defense in and screwing the Raptors over who don't have much spacing anyways. Um, I would guess Drew Holiday on Siakam, but he's been guarding big guys this year. He guarded Embiid, obviously he guarded Julius Randle, he guarded Carl Anthony Towns. Like he's been guarding power forwards and centers all year and it's so the Celtics can sink in uh, and feed everybody into the drop and then send help if they need to but he's strong enough to do it and I know you said there was a quote on it we couldn't find the quote do you remember what the quote was about or what he said about it at all but we just wanted to talk about it briefly I don't remember exactly I think he said he likes the challenge and he can definitely hang with those guys it was something along that it was very basic stuff but it did feel like he's completely up for the challenge it doesn't sound like the Celtics are going to stop doing this anytime soon. It also kind of feels like the Celtics need him to be able to do this. Al Horford's getting up there in age. Porzingis clearly is not yeah. strong enough to hang with these guys. Bam killed him. Uh, Embiid had his way with him a couple times. 
and he really didn't see a whole lot mm-hmm. uh, of Embiid. But when he did, it wasn't great. These are his top matchups this year. I just pulled it up here. Towns up there, Randall up there, and beat up there. Obviously, in a lot of like he's he's, he's guarding everybody. It's kind of crazy. Uh, Cam Thomas kind of cooked him. <laughs> he kind of cooked him. Cam but, Thomas uh, just wasn't missing though. He was yeah. he was making a lot of tough shots. But uh, yeah, I mean, three for six for Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, we saw up and down though. Those three buckets came in quick succession. Um, him just scoring three in a row. Then the rest of the game he was useless. Julius Randall was one for ten <laughs> when guarded. By uh, guarded by Joel Holiday. Joel That's Embiid not was saying one for much, though. No, no, and he also, you know, yeah, but our, I mean, Carlton Towns three for six, five turnovers against Drew Holiday. That's something right yeah. there. Joel Embiid three turnovers, one for three. That's a success. Um, any other big guys on here of note? I don't really see any. Julius Randle, um, surprisingly, no turnovers. Yeah, well, not well, not when guarded by him, but in general, there were probably a few. But uh, yeah, he's forced a lot of turnovers here. Uh, obviously, Julius Randle was uh, <clears throat> not so great against him, but uh, it, he's been good this year. Drew, Drew Holiday's done a good job of guarding anybody the Celtics have put him on, uh, so it's nice to see. I wonder if more people are going to start doing this with guards. I, I think you have to have a trendsetter. I think you have to have the right guard, and I think you also have to have. I think the Celtics are in a unique position because they not only have Drew Holiday, who is a strong guard, but they also have another guard capable of guarding the better guards. guards. I'm saying, I'm saying, you know what I'm saying? I'm saying like, well, cause you have Derek white who can like, if yeah, you but didn't Derek have white Derek not, white, he's not doing this. He, no, he but can't. my point is if you didn't have Derek white, you would probably put Drew Holiday on a Steph Curry over a Kevon Looney or a Jalen Brunson over Julius Randle. But since you well, also have Derek white, he can guard the guard. And then you have, Drew Holiday to guard the big guy. When they were in Minnesota, Derek White didn't play. And he had the Towns matchup right off rip. Okay, but then you still have Jalen Brown. Like, you need other good perimeter defenders on your team. Like, I'm, I'm trying to think of an example. You can, If you're the Grizzlies with Marcus Smart, you can't put can't afford Smart it. on Julius Randle as effectively because then if you're starting Smart and Derek Rose – you don't really want to put Derrick Rose on Tyrese Maxey, right? But you can put Derek White on Tyrese Maxey even, and then have Drew Holiday guard a bead because you have that extra thing. So I think the Celtics are in a unique position if there are teams that are comfortable doing this. Like if you're the, I mean, Timberwolves and you wanted to put Anthony Edwards on him and have Mike Conley chase somebody around the perimeter, I think that could work. Okay. Um, I just think you have to have the right personnel. But um, the interesting I, I think you could see other teams do it. Mm-hmm. is because Drew Holiday is so used to guarding more skilled players in terms of ball handling. <laughs> I'm not even like trying to make fun of these guys. I thought you were just going like, to make fun of Julius Randle. No, 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 no. Like, <laughs> okay. because he's used to guarding the quick players like a Curry, even Jimmy Butler, who killed him in the playoffs. But mm. to deal with that level of shot creation and skill, he's got weird abilities for these big guys who aren't used to anybody looking to swipe the ball from them that's guarding them low. That's why, mm. or one of the reasons you're seeing so many turnovers from the bigs that he's covering. I mean, a lot of turnovers from cat, good amount of turnovers yeah. from Embiid. They're just not used to somebody being a pest consistently, maybe one possession on a switch and you just deal with it, but not time after time after time down the floor. That's where you see him get sloppy. It's a very interesting approach from the Celtics. Yeah, no, I agree. It's working well. And uh, I hope they keep doing it. Uh, next thing we have is something I asked Drew Holiday and Jalen Brown about last night. Mm. So first quarter against the Nets, 
obviously the Raptors game has happened since then. We we can't talk about that. We hasn't. We we don't know. Um, <clears throat> first quarter against the Nets, Jalen Brown, red hot, not missing. Right, like he he was on. Had 12 points in the first. Second quarter, Jason Tatum, red hot. 13 points in the second quarter. And so I, I asked Drew Holiday, I'm like, what's the balance between trying to keep the offense free-flowing versus seeing those two are, like, on fire and wanting to keep them flowing and keep their, you know, keep 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 the hot, feed the hot hand, effectively. And uh, right. Drew Holiday said, you know, it's just, he responds he goes it's just basketball and i'm sitting there thinking like okay he's gonna stop fucking talking now and make me look like a moron but no he said it's just basketball he talked about when you play long enough you know who the hot hand is especially when you have somebody who's got it going like jb get him the ball because obviously he can go for 50 on any given night um he also talked about how it's been fun to watch jalen and jason uh you know play the way they've been playing he said i feel like doing that kind of makes the game easy for us and they do it so efficiently then it's jt's turn to come in and kind of show what he has it's been really fun to uh, see them with that balance i wouldn't even say it's me uh, or sometimes the other guys a lot of times they let the game come to them and how they play is very team oriented and then other times they just take over and they know they're about to take over so it's been interesting to see the team find that sort of balance. Um, Jalen Brown also talked about it. He said it's a challenge to figure that out, when to be yourself and be aggressive, when to get other guys going and let the game come to you. I think it's something we're adjusting to and we'll get used to as the team goes on. He also said there's going to be an adjustment phase uh, and your shots, your looks, your touches, everything could be different night to night, so you got to be prepared for it. So it's sort of interesting to see the team navigate that because you obviously have two of the best scorers in the league in Tatum and Brown. Um, who averaged, you know, 30 and 27 last year, um, whose numbers are just inevitably going to go down a bit with the talent they have on the roster. But you also don't want to, like, take the ball out of their hands as much because they're still, like, far and away the best scores you have. Um, so it's just interesting to see them navigate that. And I thought the Nets game was a perfect example because they both were hot uh, and they both scored, like, a decent amount. But, you know, other nights... Jalen Brown might not be there or Jason Tatum might not have it. So I, I just think that's an intriguing balance to watch them like play out on the court. Yeah. It's funny. You mentioned the hot hand, right? I think the hot hand is one of the most important things. The Celtics are going to have to learn about this year. They've got five guys so far. I think four of them have finished a game as the leading scorer. Let's see. Tatum has had the big night in New York. And I think Derek White led them against Miami. Porzingis had the most against um, Philly. And then Jalen last night against Brooklyn had 29 or 28, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. So the only one that's due to be the, the guy is Drew Holiday. And he seems to be the one that needs that the least, which is great. It allows him to fit right in. Uh, the seamless transition has been pretty good from him. You really haven't noticed a lot of struggles or, wow, he's terrible tonight. He's hurting them. Even when he's bad, it's like, okay, whatever. I don't think he was great in Philly, but that was mm. the only time I can really remember being like, mm, doesn't love that. So as the year goes on, I hope to see more and more of that diverse leading score with uh, the highest dosage of Tatum, because I still think he's the best bet. But I think if the Celtics are playing the best, he doesn't have to be because he's going to see mm. three bodies when he tries to go to the paint. They need to be able to take advantage of that. And these other guys need to allow the Celtics to punish the opposing defenses when they overhelp. We saw it a couple times. It's one of the reasons why they've pummeled a few teams so far. But again, when they lose, it kind of sucks. It's it's like, okay, we need to find a new approach. Like, yes, diverse scoring is great, but 
maybe mix up the shot selection. Who knows? We're going to do a three-point breakdown sooner or later here. We'll get it done. We'll get it done for an individual video for y'all. It'll, it'll we, we need like a really controversial loss and be like, <laughs> did the Celtics shoot too many threes against Team X? Here's what we yeah. think. We need a 53 Comments night where they shot. Be a wasteland. We need a game where they shoot 53s, shoot like 38% right on the average, 36, 38, right on the average line, and they lose by like two points. Do you know what I'm saying? We, we need one of those. Uh, or even if they shoot poorly and just see if the offensive approach was there. Anyways, let's check in with our email. Let's get into that. See What's what poppin'? people had to say today. What's popping? Put it on the screen. Let's go. Uh, are you going to put it on the screen or do you I'm want me to snag to it? it? <clears throat> Perfect. Let me pull up the email. I'm fumbling through tabs here. Uh, and we're starting with Philip. <clears throat> this hey, is from two days hey. ago, but obviously we had already recorded then. It said, worried about Al. And this still applies because mm. Al hasn't played yet. He'll play the Raptors game, so maybe this is completely irrelevant. He has like a hot shooting night, but... Philip says, fellas, as always, thank you for your consistent work. You guys deserve success. We appreciate you. Thank you. (laughs) I am worried about Al. Preface, he's my favorite Celtic. That said, in the preseason, he looked fine, but his regular season has arrived. He clearly looks slow on his feet, even though he's dishing out effort. Seeing a slow footwork did not worry me much because we primarily need him for his coverage on bigs. The Philly game, however, worried me because he had very little spring in his step against the bead. He was slow to contest shots and beat guys on the board. It's confusing because he looks like he's in great shape and is undoubtedly playing hard. But as the season has started, I'm seeing less Al and more Blake Griffin. That is worrisome for a title run that has to go through Embiid, Giannis, and probably Jokic. What do you think? Are you seeing the same things? Does this push up our timeline to find another big? Or are we fine with Al off the bench and KP's mediocre defense on bigs? Well, <clears throat> with what we just talked about, I think having Drew Holiday guarding bigs really helps this, first of yes. all. Um, I do see Al a little bit slower this year, which is like, it's, it's going to happen. Yeah, it's remember when uh Tim Duncan was less the DNP old. <laughs> they threw him down there. Greg Popovich they just threw him right under the bus. They they literally listed him yeah. as just DNP old. Um, but I see it. I think it's gonna be fine. I I mean, this is the stupidest thing, and the comments are gonna get mad. Cornette's actually been pretty good as of late. So you have like a tiny bit of extra help. Drew Holiday has been good on bigs. You have enough talent to, to make it work. But I think by the time the playoffs roll around, uh, Al's defense should be there. He's not as switchable anymore. But so I think when he's the only big on the court, you might see him play a bit more drop like KP has been doing this year. Um, and you really want to see the three point shot come around because it hasn't been there. That said, the run to the NBA Finals, Al was not a good three-point shooter in the regular season, and then he was a really good three-point shooter in the playoffs. So hopefully that's kind of the, the arc we're taking. But I, I definitely see the concern with Al, and I think it's valid. Well, the good thing about – or not even the good thing. The okay thing about him not being as switchable as Porzingis kind of isn't either. So mm-hmm. regardless of who is out there manning the middle, they're going to have the same approach when it comes to handling screens which is uh, uh, inevitably going to be the drop, which I can't wait for uh, a meltdown because of it. But sometimes it's what you have to do. <laughs> they should be okay. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. curious to see what they do here as the season rolls on, if they do decide they need to bring somebody else in. I think they still have the roster spot, right? Like, it's still a thing. But yeah, the reports were out like they wanted Blake Griffin back. He's not playing anywhere. Might be waiting a little while to bring him back if that's a thing. He's not the Tice. I need Tice. I need Daniel Tice. Even so Tice bad. isn't the answer. What? I like him, and he's a solid <laughs> rotation option, but he's not no, you're right. defense op- uh, defense answer. No, I think that's why 
I think that's why I was kind of excited for Wenyan Gabriel, a switchable guy who could play defense down low, but he just he wasn't he yeah. didn't play well. Wait till Nimi Nimi's out there. <laughs> yeah, I would like Nimi. Would like that's why I'd like Lamar Stevens a little bit too. Get him out there, play some yeah. defense. But we'll see what happens. The Celtics have options. They'll uh, <clears throat> I think they'll figure it out. Next one. Nate, just getting in here. What's pay- paid off, brother? Paid off. <laughs> w, big for Nate. You uh, Nate, like I Nate. will Free <clears throat> be like Nate. Comment what's popping on the pod. Uh, I'll send you an email after this, Nate. Thank you, sir. Perspective, can we have some from RJ Johnson? Morning, guys. Now the Celtics have lost two in a row. Have all the Patriots fans <laughs> left? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, well, they, just, they, they turned around and went back to the Patriots. They said, ah, how many have they lost in a row? Uh, a lot. I don't, I don't know. know. Probably no more than two. Yeah. <laughs> Several things stand out about this year's start. Even with the two losses, five and two is the Celtics' best start after seven games uh, of the last three seasons. Squad stumbled out of the gate two and five under Ime Udoka, five and three last year with Coach Missoula. Celtics are integrating two players who are new to the roster, starting five, knowing where people want to receive the ball relative to their body movement takes time to where you are using that knowledge uh, reflexively. Uh, I was about to say relatively, sorry. That's why I was slow. And it certainly takes more time than five games. Celtics are sharing the wealth better, just maybe not all the way to the end of the bench. For all of last year, uh, here are the Celtics' top six in field goals per game. Tatum, Brown, Brogdon, Smart, White, Horford. This season, the list, leads Tatum, the list reads Tatum, Brown, Porzingis, Holiday, White, Hauser, uh, JT, and JB have passed along four shots per game to KP, Drew, D. White. But the bench guys are getting fewer shots per game. It's been evident since the Knicks game, uh, and it seems to be less of a factor of the bench guys can't shoot and more the bench guys aren't getting the ball, which changed against the Nets a little bit. <clears throat> and this was before that game, so there's context for you. Which brings us to Pritchard. I think most of, most of Pritchard's shooting woes stem from him not having Peyton Pritchard uh, available to pass the ball to him. When he's directing traffic, he's looking for his teammates and his passes are hitting them in or close to their shooting pocket. When Pritchard is waiting for a pass, it is either off-target, obvious, or non-existent. Last year, Brogdon, as the third point guard, was averaging 10 field goals a game. This year, Pritchard is averaging less than half that at just under five field goals a game. On the flip side, he's outperforming Brogdon in terms of offensive rebounding, assists, and assist-to-turnover ratio. Finally, the Celtics have enjoyed their best success this year when they played with better pace, especially when they got the ball into the front court within the first four seconds of the shot clock. Minnesota, Minnesota, excuse me, applied token pressure that slowed them down, but against Philly and Brooklyn, there were too many times when they strolled rather than sprinted. I think they increased their pace. The scoring woes will be resolved. Be well, RJ. I think you saw a lot of this fix itself in the Brooklyn game, especially with uh, Pritchard. I, yeah, I think the pace is okay. I always love a fast-paced team, so I, I'm kind of with RJ. But the pace has to be under control, too. You can't just be playing recklessly. needs to be more than one pass shot. needs to be an uh, attempt at going to the basket and drawing the defense in at the very least, and then maybe shot or move the ball, swing the hmm. ball. Pace can Celtics also are, just mean uh, quick passes. They're 12th in pace this year for, for context. So average. Um, yeah, they're not above average. average. Uh, but I mean, pace is a relative stat to how you use it, as you said, because the Wizards are first in pace, and we, uh, yeah. we can see how that's going. Respect. <laughs> They're playing fast. You give them that. They're trying. Who's kinda. last? Uh, last in pace is Rockets, who are actually playing pretty Good. well right now. <laughs> you may We're love to actually walk. doing okay things, but well, I mean, it's all context though. The Raptors are 30th, the Nuggets are 27th, but then sandwiched in between them are the Bulls and the Raptors. So it's all how you use the pace. It's not about how fast you play, it's how you use the speed. Uh, let's see. 
What's poppin' Peyton Pritchard? Evening, guys. This is a deep dive on why Pritchard is a solid point guard, even when he's not hitting from deep. I don't have a video clip, so I put together a sequence of screenshots from Wednesday's game against Philly uh, for one sequence of the second quarter that pretty much encapsulates this year's Peyton Pritchard experience and why he's not reason for concern. Here's a list of the breakdown. Let's take a quick peek. Uh, obviously, we did see the, um, what's it called, the Nets game, but let's jump in here quick. Uh, seven <laughs> seven seconds of love. Uh, why Peyton Pritchard needs Peyton Pritchard. Uh, it's easy to look for Peyton Pritchard shooting slump and, you know, kill him for it. Here's a 13-second sequence of why not. Play starts with Holiday bringing the ball up against the Philly zone and passing the Tatum above three-point line. Uh, Pritchard's alone in the far corner. Cornette's getting ready to box out. Obviously, you see the screenshot on the screen. I do have it up, right? Okay, yeah. Um, Hauser shoots over Ubre. That's a crazy shot. Uh, <laughs> Pritchard, JT, and Holiday are wa- wa- watching the launch. Cornette digging in for a position. Hauser misses. Uh, his shot comes off the rim on the far side. Uh, Cornette has inside position. Pritchard has sprinted to try for the rebound. Uh, Pritchard got the rebound. JT backpedaling. Hauser reversing direction. Pritchard dribbling along the baseline to get away from Paul Reed. Uh, finds Hauser going back to the corner. Uh, and sets a screen for him. Hauser takes another three <laughs> with Paul Reed right in his grill. Um, and he makes it. And it was an assist for Peyton Pritchard. When you look at the footage from Pritchard being on the court, he keeps making hustle plays um, and having the highest assist percentage on the team. Most of the time, Pritchard has been on the floor. He seems to be paired up with Holiday or Brown. Uh, I wonder what a shooting would look like with more time opposite Derek White. Uh, shout at RJ. We appreciate you. Uh, yeah, and again, I think it's what you saw a little bit against the Nets where he got a little bit more uh, freedom to run. Uh, also, next thing. Yeah, run it. Great segment for audio listeners. Because of the descriptions RJ provided, people listening on Spotify or Apple can get the full experience there. Good work. Absolutely. And I'm going to apologize in advance for my extra sniffling today. I've got a really runny oh, nose. No. And I, I already get killed for it, so I'm just going to apologize here. It's can bad we get today. Some prayers for Jack. You guys prayed for me, and I, I'm back. I'm you back. You know they're not going to pray for my dumbass. You know okay. it's not happening. All right. All right. Two more emails from RJ here. What's popping? Double-barreled action on a Friday night. This was at 1 a.m. Uh, after the Nets game, so we do have that. Okay. Evening, guys. With the Celtics on ESPN and me without cable, I got to do a fun experiment. Celtics on the radio through NBA League Pass and the main Celtics on YouTube at the same time. So we get a little main uh, main recap here. The main guys got off to a hot start against the Capital City Go-Go. I need to pause for a sec. That might be the worst name in the G League. <laughs> it's up there. I don't know Capital all C- the G League names. The Go-Go? Go-Go is not bad. It's bad. We'll do a review at some point. Uh, go <laughs> Sprinting out to a 56-40 lead with 5-11 left in the second quarter. But like their big brothers, they couldn't stand on their own success and were holding on to a yeah. slim 68-65 lead by halftime. Ultimately, they lost on the road 137-127. to <laughs> There were some individual highlights. Seven players scored in double digits with J.D. Davis leading away with 23. Jordan Walsh at 18. D.J. Stewart 17. Jordan Shaquille 16. Tony Snell 14. Kyler Kelly 12. And Taylor Funk 10. More on Walsh. He looked in control of himself and showed good strength against other young players. He also continued to be unafraid of the three, connecting at a four for nine clip, even though he fired a couple of air balls. If he's firing, firing air balls and still shooting four for nine, that's that's all right. Davison might well, be the fastest guard. Uh, <laughs> I know, but like the fact that he was able to shoot that poorly on some, but then make four of his nine, it's like, okay, it's, I guess. I wonder like, it's okay. if air balls are statistically a better miss than a like off the rim shot. And here's here's why I think that. Bigger adjustment. Ball goes today. out of bounds. They just can't turn around and run on you. 
I guess, yes. If it hits the rim, that's a long rebound. They might be able to get out in transition. Well, I mean, on the flip side, if it airballs and just goes right to another player, then they run faster on you. You're never ready for it. You've played basketball. You're never ready for it. (laughs) You're right. You're right. Uh, Davison might be the fastest guard in the Celtic system, but he's still inconsistent with his shot. Kyler... Kyler Kelly showed promise as a bruising yet mobile seven footer. Maybe that's what we need. (laughs) Bring him up. I wrote about him when Uh, they signed him and waved him. Bring him up. Uh, Listening to the game with Grandy and Max is always a chore for me. Sean describes Mm. the action just fine, but his constant warnings of imminent disaster is tiring when the Celtics are comfortable. (laughs) You said it yourself. You said the G League team did exactly what the pro team does. The the top team. They blew a lead. Hmm. No, I think Grady and Max were on the uh, the main game or the Celtics actual game. Um, yes, but no, okay, but yeah, like, yeah. No, I, yes. like they're big brothers. They couldn't stand their own success. You're right. You're right. When the Celtics were comfortably ahead late in the fourth quarter, he com- commented breathlessly that the Nets uh, had cut the lead to 16, and he seemed positively giddy at the chance to remind everyone that total points and scoring margin in the in-season tournament uh, as a tiebreaker for seeding. I was glad to hear Pritchard find his range and offensive rebounding continues to impress. Putting back his own free throw miss was absolutely joy to see. I caught the highlight reel. Last item, rather than just wait for April to send a reminder, I am tracking the playoff seeding week by week. Oh, nice. I'll update on Friday nights rather than Sundays. Here's like, this is right, fire. This is a yeah, great transition. You're a beast. Okay, so is this are these our predictions? What are these? Share this tab know, instead. See it. So this is these are yes. RJ's predictions. Okay, these are RJ's predictions. These are the actual playoffs things. Okay, we might need to put our predictions in here as well so we can see. This is good though. Yeah. This is this is cool. Thank you, RJ. Weeks by week. Yeah. RJ, uh, if you want to give me access, I can do it. But I think if you wouldn't mind putting Sam and I's predictions in here too, that'd be fire. I can go back and find them so I you don't like have to that. dig for it. But uh, if nice. you want to shoot me a DM or something, I'll. I'll yeah, this will there. be actually a nice weekly update. <clears throat> Would be kind of cool. Thank you, RJ. This is very sick. Uh, and then last thing from RJ uh, is about Brad. Brad was oh, on like the <clears throat> Brad was on the call with Scal and uh, excuse me, Mike Gorman last night. Morning, guys. Man, I could listen to Brad Stevens talk about basketball. Hell, about anything. Giving uh, his time on the mic with Mike Gorman and Scout during the Nets game last night. If he ever does a podcast, all the Celtics pod community is in trouble. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. (laughs) I loved his dry wit and low-key delivery. During a replay review on a uh, potential clear path foul, Brad ran a quiet bit uh, of banter. I haven't seen... Uh, referee Zach Zarba up this uh, up this close in a while. Zach's a good official, but I don't miss being this up close. <laughs> and after uh, Zarba announced that it was not a clear path violation, Brad dropped. Uh, I still don't agree with Zach. <laughs> and then after they come out of the commercial with the clip package of Mike calling a bunch of amazing Brad uh, bird passes, Brad comes out with a quiet. Those guys are pretty good. <laughs> I bring all this up because of how he closed out his on-air time for the night. Brad was wearing a Rage the A shirt, but neither Mike nor Scow brought up the topic. Sam, you mentioned this. Uh, I don't know if it was during the pod, but you mentioned it to me. Yeah, he was, he was none too pleased, <laughs> mm-hmm. as he's going to so tell I, you. Yeah, so as they're heading into the halftime break, Brad turns to Mike and goes, Rage the age, remember? Mike kind of stutters a reply of what? We'll talk about that in the second half. Pretty much every, uh, anyone else would wrap it there, but Brad quietly added, be sure you do. <laughs> It reminded me that while he might not have Larry Bird's killer instincts on the court, this is a guy who traded Gallinari, Robert Williams, and Marcus Smart in a very business-like fashion. He's not going to let Gorman's time behind the mic or that it's his retirement season stop him from calling out what he wants to get done. Be well, RJ. 
Brad's kind of fire. I love Brad. He's funny as shit. That was a weird interaction. That was strange. Because listen, like I'm not one to catch things, and I caught that. I was like, "Ooh, That's he's not funny. happy with them." That was like threatening. <laughs> well, it's probably because he really wants to talk about it. This is like probably the main reason he was on the broadcast, right? But yeah. Anyways, let's check in around the league. Hopefully soon we will have uh, our predictions like RJ had for us laid out. We'll get that done. But for now, we're just going to look at the standings, give our thoughts around the NBA. Is there anything you wanted to start with? I know we're going to talk about the Clippers and Julius Randle separately after this. So we'll leave that for the, their own segments. But around the league, what, what are you looking at right now? Yeah. So on Friday, I was watching a little bit of that Lakers Suns game as you were at the pressers before we I recorded. caught the end of it. I caught the end, of, caught it the the end of it. Yeah. I saw the first half. So together we could do a full recap. Uh, so in the first quarter, LeBron drives on KD and comes down. And by the way that he is reacting, you would have thought he really, really hurt his knee. <laughs> he like limps around for a minute and a half then shoots free throws and limps between free throws takes a big long walk out to half court <laughs> limping and goes back and shoots the second one lebron is the best oh my god he might be hurt guy ever <laughs> every time every single time i see lebron play a game he is fake hurt for at least three minutes i will they say. always have to talk about is he is he done for the night i will say I agree. First, I'm going to start with that. I do wonder how much of it is the fact that, like, yes, he's still really good. He's also old as shit. Like, let's he call his man. He is but this has been, fucking This has been old. happening since he was, like, I, I know. Forever. forever. That's why I prefaced. That's why I prefaced, yes. Yeah. But he is He does old. it just enough where you're like, oh, maybe. You're like, you might be no. like, well, old. Might have happened. Yeah. Might have got him. And then he got mm -hmm. hit in the eye on, on something they called, and he went down and acted mm -hmm. like he lost his eye and he needed an eye patch. Mm -hmm. Insufferable. Mm -hmm. Tough. Um, so I pulled up the yesterday's leaders tab at uh NBA.com just to see like a context of what mm -hmm. we saw last night. Mark Williams had 15 offensive rebounds <laughs> last night. Menace. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. Again, did they win. Uh they did win. It was against the Wizards. So I again you gotta take it with a grain of salt. But 124 uh, teams. 124 one uh 115 117 win for the Hornets. 27 for Gordon Hayward led the way. Lamelo Ball at 25, six and six. But yeah, 21 points, 24 rebounds for Mark Williams. Uh, 15 offensive boards is crazy. The, and I'll give him credit; they won by seven when they shot 21 percent from deep. So they did a lot of things well. They uh, they, they brought still it back. 120 points. Yeah, Wizards bad is what that says. Yeah, they had they made 50 shots and only made six threes. Uh, and the, the uh, oh, this is where Mark Williams' 15 offensive rebounds came into play. The Hornets finished with 28 offensive boards on the night. The Wizards took 88 shots, and the Hornets took 110. <laughs> that's, I that's find myself phenomenal. sneaky rooting for the Hornets. They're, I don't think there's room uh, yeah. for them this year, but I, I kind of would like to see them at least be a little bit less of a rollover team every time somebody plays them. You know what I'm saying? I will root for them so long as Miles Bridges is not on the team. And then okay. I'm not going to root for them anymore. Uh, but yeah, Mark Williams, that's nuts. Luca just, we're going to talk about the Clippers in a bit, but he just fucking dismantled them. <laughs> He's just like, get the fuck out of here. He hit him with the Jordan shrug at one point too, which is oh nuts. Um, Giannis got ejected on a really bogus call. Did you see that? That wasn't night? yesterday, but that was bullshit. Two nights ago. Yeah. He, yeah. he like, what did he do? He, he like pointed at somebody or he like taunt or he, he did dunked. too small. Yeah, and then he did the he too small. And I think he might have just like flexed or stared someone down. 
I think he did the two small. He did some sort of like basic taunt and they ejected him. They gave him a second tech. Like that's so fucking lame. Like that that's so Why don't stupid. they worry about the flopping? The refs have been so egregious this year. Kristoff is getting that. some crazy text too. Yeah, Kristoff, yeah. six tick texts already. Bad. Bad refs. Um Rockets. Good at basketball. <laughs> like they're they're doing he some cool stuff. Back. Yeah, they have like Who the, have uh, they beaten though? Let's see. They beat uh the Kings twice. They beat the Pelicans last night. Pelicans, Lakers, but there's a there's another team in there that was like not that impressive. Um, they might have a check. nice stretch. I can check right here. They have beaten. They're five and three. They yep. beat the Hornets, the Kings twice, yes. the Lakers, and then the Pelicans. Um, and then they but have Denver hey, on Sunday, so get get ready to lose again. They have actually they have a tough stretch. Denver, L.A., or Denver Clippers, Lakers, Warriors. Uh, Grizzlies, Mavericks, Denver again, and then Lakers again. <laughs> it's time so they, to be like it's. It's like remember you're not that good. Yeah, they've got a big test in front of them, but their their guys are playing well. Ime has got them locked in. Um, Jalen Green's averaging twenty points on much more efficient shooting, which is what you wanted to see from him. Alperen Shangun <clears throat> looks really good. Fran Van He's Tweet. doing dunks. <clears throat> yeah, good for him. Shangun is like the last guy in the NBA you would ever expect to like be dunking. <laughs> Maybe Peyton uh, first, but besides that, he looks like George's Niang. Like, they're the same guy, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brooks and Van Vliet are fine. Van Vliet's not shooting particularly well, but he's averaging eight assists, and, he, you know, he's doing stuff out there, I suppose, uh, for, for what it's worth. Um, they, they're winning games, though, and uh, they are uh, they have a good plus-minus on the season. I know that, I'm pretty sure. They have a plus 50, or excuse me, plus 44, plus-minus. Lakers. Which is sixth in the league still. I mean, it puts them in line with like the Warriors, Mavericks, Pacers, uh, uh, Timberwolves. So good for them. Yep. Uh, what primed else? For a decent season. I just thought they screwed yeah. up free agency, which they still might have, but I thought they did well in the draft. But in entering free agency, I was excited. I was like, I wonder what the. Yeah. Agree. Timberwolves are real. They're playing well. Good for them. Warriors also good this year. We kind of knew that. Jazz really bad this year. Grizzlies really bad this year. Grizzlies unlucky. Did you see Taylor Jenkins' rant last night? Yeah, he said it was like the worst officiating he's ever seen. And then a jet. And then someone who covered the Jazz retweeted and said, "Yeah, this is kind of (laughs) true." So that's when you know it's like not good. How how far into the season does uh, Memphis have to get before it's like maybe we tank? I don't know if they tank, but what nine games in, one and eight. I think they could struggle to get into the play-in because of this. Like this is this is bad. Well, that's no that, joke. You can't. You I know. Can't get away with this, you have a. Point. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And like, excuse me. I know the Lakers did start two and ten last year. They they made the Western Conference Finals, but like, a lot of this is yes. Jaw will help when he comes back, but he still doesn't have Stephen Adams. He's still not going to have Brandon Clark for a long part of the season. Like, this is not going well. They just don't have any offense right now, and so <clears throat> it's tough for them. Spurs have fallen off a cliff a little bit. Um, they're just not putting it together right now. Uh, they're getting blown out a lot. The Bulls still suck. Shocker. Pistons can't catch a break. They're two and eight. The top story on hoops hype is people are monitoring the Bulls. Yeah, people. Well, Bri- Brian Windhorse went on NBA Today and said, "Yeah, scouts are going to a lot of Bulls games, just waiting to see." Yeah, just like who's going to be. I will say, what's crazy about the Bulls, as somebody who has to cover this team painfully. Um, their plus minuses 
scream wow these stars stink <laughs> and so credit to you like the bulls as a team let me pull this up as a team on the season the bulls obviously have a bad plus minus because they're one of the worst teams in the league they have a plus minus of minus 45 on the season right demar DeRozan's plus minus minus 77 <laughs> Nikola Vucevic minus 53, Zach Levine minus 49, Tori Craig minus 53, Kobe White minus 24, Alex Caruso plus 18. <laughs> Alex Caruso, man, he's going to go help somebody, and I don't know if it's going to be the Celtics. <laughs> Andre Drummond plus 16, Patrick Williams plus 16, Dasun Mu plus 15. Their bench, good. <laughs> bench, good. Well, at the least starter. a lot of those guys you named are actually like under contract for a little while. Like if you want, if you're a Bulls fan, mm. which I don't know how you found us, but if you are a Bulls fan and you want something to be excited about, you just extended Pat Williams or is he due? He's due. Okay. Well, he's, he's going to get one because he's, there's no reason not to. I don't think. Mm. we just got a new contract. Patrick Williams has been okay since he went to the bench, but before that he was horrible. Bench He's shooting 32% from the field and 23% from deep, averaging 6-3-1. <laughs> it's like a small-scale Julius Randle. The only reason his plus-minus has gone up is because he's been playing on the bench with Alex Caruso. <laughs> Before that, he was just as bad. Um, yeah, Bulls. Uh, and he wants like 25-plus mil a year. <laughs> like <it's... laughs> I wonder if they're terrible, terrible start or just terrible like ability is because mm. they have a lot of ball stoppers like DeRozan's great and he's going to probably help some team that's going to be a competitive team because he can create and be a bucket getter if they need it mm. but he needs the ball a lot to create Vucevic is a decent post player so that requires the ball and then Levine loves a shot <clears throat> so does love a shot I'm not sure how great the ball I listen I haven't watched the Bulls but I don't know mm. yeah weird yeah, agree. Uh, Hawks are still good. Jalen Johnson continues to be awesome. He's averaging 15, nine and two and a half now, uh, shooting 60% from the field and 35 from deep. Like, he's really good. <laughs> Shout out him. Trey Young's still inefficient, but he's averaging like 10 assists tonight and they're winning games. So there's only so much you can complain about. Um, the Pacers have the best offense in the league. Tyrese Halliburton's averaging 23 and a half and 11 and a half. That's kind of, it's kind of fucking crazy. And he was hurt uh, for at least one of their losses. When they played the Celtics, yeah. he was out. Yeah, and so he they're 6-2 and two with him in the lineup, and he's shooting 50-40-90 right now. He's, he's, he's only taking 16 shots a game. He's taking 16 shots a game, and he's averaging 23-12. and 12. Love that. He's, he's That's what I, I look at the Celtics, and I'm like, I used to dream about players like yeah, this. He's, Tatum uh, Tatum's good enough. He if they if the Pacers him. continue to be like this high level of a team, which I, I think they'll probably fall off at some point just because he could be an MVP conversations. Genuinely averaging 24 mm. and 11 on like a top 3 team like he's uh I wonder where basketball does bas- basketball reference does the MVP predictions, right? I wonder where Yeah, he's but at. their he's MVP be... stuff's weird. It's not like, I know like it's it like Kristaps and Drew Holiday. I think it's based on like team success plus minus I know it is, but I'm saying like Halberton's probably yeah he's fifth in that right now, and and ahead of him is Jokic and Bead, Doncic, Maxi, Halliburton, Tatum, and then it is Edwards, Curry, Tobias Harris, Alperen, Shengun. He's with the elite. There's the context, but he is yeah he's up there is the point I'm making. Um, But anything else around the league that we missed that you might want to talk about? I mean, as much as it sucks, like Sixers really Cavs kind of bad. Cavs kind of bad. Sixers really good. As much as I still want the Sixers to fail. 
obviously always mm. i find myself hating them less with harden not there you know what i'm saying i, I like dude if, if less... they weren't a traditional rival like i like Embiid, max exactly. is not annoying like well nick nurse fine is with annoying, harris actually. yeah nick nurse is yeah nick, nick nurse is the worst for, i forgot about that <laughs> i hate that guy with a passion like but i've like, never met him like people say he's a good guy i don't want to hear it agree but their players like i like all their players like i have nothing against the players anymore so it's I don't know. just out it's... there catching flies yeah <laughs> uh but yeah okay let's let's jump Speaking into the, the next thing uh clippers with james harden oh and three james harden bad james harden i mean you got to give kd credit right with with him and Kyrie on the team they made almost beat the bucks special yeah special uh, yeah, that's, uh, let's see. Tough. Now zero and three, the Mavs TV broadcast man murdered oh, yeah. my TV. Like it was, if you've ever seen the Super Hot Fire videos, but by yeah. a southern white man, and not in the way you would think. <laughs> he was, dude. He was like, he literally started by goes, "I told my producer to pipe this into the Clippers locker room," and then he just goes, "You're a." loser i've never loved anybody You're as much as daryl Morey loves you yeah. you 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 know he he said you know you want dwight howard fine when you wanted him gone he got rid of him you wanted chris paul fine he got rid of him when yeah. you were done same with russell westbrook then you went to brooklyn because you wanted to go to new york and then you fucking moved your way out of there he's just like popping off and then at the end he, he goes highlighted all the failures <laughs> and all the extra steps that teams have taken to make him happy he, he hit him with a mic drop at the end he goes you're not the system you're a problem just yeah, mic drops on him. I was how bad would be uh, if you broke your mic? Yeah, <laughs> so it was a risk. I was willing to take. Now it was, it was, uh, a it was risk. electric, calculated risk. But if, it if was you electric. haven't seen the video, it's on Twitter. It's one of yeah. the most incredible. Just roasts. Had him on the rotisserie. Everything he said was pretty accurate. <laughs> Had him on the rotisserie is fire. Yeah. Um. No. Yeah. Uh, James Harden in three games with the Clippers is a minus thirty nine. Not what you want to see. Uh, they have gotten blown out, so it's not completely his fault. Like they're just losing, so it's like, well, it's not to say it's not his fault, but like obviously the other guys would have better plus minuses because they've played longer. Um, but Harden has—he's been like individually, he's been okay. Like he is um, <clears throat> per game, he is averaging. Sorry, I lost it here. Um, he's averaging fourteen points, five rebounds, five assists, shooting 54, 15. He's only taken eight shots a night in three games. 14, um, five and five. Oof. I mean, granted, for, for well, he's shooting efficiently. He's shooting efficiently. Um, he's only pl- and he's playing 32 minutes a night, so he is like passing the ball, being fine, but 0 3 is not the start you wanted <laughs> in the James Harden era. You know, I sit here and I feel like Thanos after he uh did the snap because the Clippers wronged me. In, in June, when they said, we don't want Malcolm Brogdon, you're going to have to they trade did. Marcus. Mm-hmm. Who's laughing? <laughs> Certainly not Marcus. No. That's for sure. <laughs> Poor guy. Poor guy. Uh, yeah, they, Clippers they bad. Uh, you know who else is bad, Sam? <laughs> I, I've known longer than everybody who else is bad. Julius Randle. Julius, Julius Randle. He responded. What was the question he was asked to prompt us? Do you know? I think this was in response to uh, being asked how he thinks his surgery has affected his play so far this season. Julius Randle, by the way, back-to-back double-doubles with points in the 20s and actually not terrible shooting. 16.5 average now on 36-25. So still terrible. (laughs) 
he said to Fred Katz of the Athletic, who's also think a fan that... of Impopnito. Really? Yes. Good. That was, that was uh, told to us. Oh yes, yes. Um, Julius Randall said, "To think that I would come into the season and just be Julius off the bat is kind of naive. I'm just thankful for guys like RJ, guys like Jalen. and they've been able to carry the load while I get back." To that to that I respond. You kind of have been Julius to start the season. <laughs> you, you, got, you What do you mean? What are you talking about, sir? You've been exactly uh, what you're advertised to be. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Top. Um. Yeah, Julius Randall. Bad. Knicks mid too, right? They're four and four. Good. Not a uh, not great. Um, but the league's Brent- better when the Knicks are good. <laughs> Shut up. So, uh, so. Brunson and Barrett have been playing really well though. Uh, Julius Randall bad. Manu quickly fine. <clears throat> just meh. It's just like kind of meh all around. That that's kind of just what the Knicks are. They're they're gonna be a good playoff team, and that's probably the peak, right? Maybe they went around. Maybe they get spicy they to beat the team again, but. That's... Maybe, maybe they'll be bad. Unfortunately, <laughs> Pistons bad. Yeah, I know. You hurts love hurts my soul. I know the old <laughs> know heads love probably love it, but I don't know, man. the The Pistons are my. They're better. They're they're the league is more fun when they're better. <laughs> uh, Killian Hayes still still starting. Jay Nivey sick. <clears throat> yeah, and people are conspiracizing. Is that the word? Monty was like. <laughs> Cade also sick, and he's not being a bitch. It's pretty much what Monty Williams said. <laughs> That's kind of fire. Good for him. Uh, anyways, we can uh, we can jump into the rat list here. This is gonna be a long episode already because we have still got the Raptors thing mm-hmm. to uh, pump out for y'all. Would you like to kick it off, or do you want me to start? You can uh, actually. I'll, I'll kick it off. All right, hit it. Rat rat list, my friends. Rat list. Ooh, my friends. Which friends? Do we get name drops? All of them. Oh no! So uh, you know this. I am going away today. I will yeah. not be home until Monday the twentieth. It's going to be a little while. Thursday, mm-hmm. no Celtics game, no recording from us. Only ten minutes. Whatever we did, the Embiid foot on the line video. And I was like, "Hey, as you guys usually do on Thursdays, we should all go out, get wings, buy one get one." Hmm. Crickets. Crickets in the chat. Oh, no. And then the next day, talking about my trip. They're mm. like, oh, we're bad friends because it was our last time to see you. And I was like, yeah, no shit. But I wasn't <laughs> going to guilt you into trying to go and be like, well, you guys should come out. I'm not going to be here. Because then you don't really. Everybody wants to play COD. You got you to gotta, gotta stay up till midnight to play Call of Duty. Is Call of Duty new? Is there a new one? New one came out uh, yesterday. Gotcha. I can't imagine uh, calling off plans to play a video game, staying up till midnight to play a video game. You yeah. got to be a real scumbag, <laughs> low life piece of shit, dude. I swear it blow off your friends for that. Yeah, yeah I would hate just calling off all responsibilities yeah. to play a game for 24 hours. What a loser. <laughs> Couldn't be me. <laughs> uh, no, that's a rap move, though. You got to see your yes, your boys before you leave. <clears throat> Respect. Um. I'm gonna rat list a, a specific hinge prompt. So I that is the only dating app I have now. The other ones are cesspools. It is, is the best. It's still That's bad. That's where I met it, the lady who's yeah, lovely. Yeah, it's still bad. All dating apps are bad. But there's this one prompt that is first round is on me if. Mm. And listen, 
I'm always going to offer to buy the first, you know, dinner, whatever it is, right? Just I feel like that's a nice thing to do. I don't necessarily believe in the whole like, oh, it's the man's job, whatever. I just think, okay, this is the first date. I'm going to be a kind human being. I will wow, offer it sounds like you don't you don't believe it's a man's job. You would actually like to be paid for. <laughs> you're a piece of Not shit. Not very chivalrous of you, Jack. Well, no I, wonder you're on the. <laughs> well, no, I will. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Fuck you. No, I'll always offer to play pay because that is how I grew up like saying, okay, this is probably this is just the kind thing to do. I'll offer it's fine. Mm. Far too many people have the response to that. Far too many girls for first round is on me if their response is the first round will never be on me. That's an immediate X. That's immediate. I'm not gonna see you. Like it's just like that is like goes without say. Just don't yeah. pick the prompt. Yeah, right. Just like, well, not you're not that, forced but like, to pick these prompts for people that have not used the app that exactly. have never had to go so, through that hell of using gay. <laughs> so my mindset is if you went through the trouble of picking that and then writing that probably don't want to be around you, Late. <laughs> probably don't want to be friends with you because you're probably an asshole. Like, yeah, no, no, no. I think you're right, too. Like, you cannot take a girl out and be like. You paying? No, of course you. You have to offer. If you want a second date, (laughs) but the correct interaction in my in my mind is either oh I got it and they're like oh thank you so much I appreciate it or Or oh no or or they offer to split it right you have you have to at least be like oh gesture of offering (laughs) exactly exactly it's not damn right you're paying like that's not the energy you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. that's not the energy you want from somebody you're seeing so I that's that's the rat list people who who pick that just to say yeah fuck you you're paying okay then I don't want to go out with you if that's the energy you're gonna be bringing uh so that's that's the rat list for me that's the I gotta list. I gotta do an anti-rat list anti-rat list is worth worth who's yeah. being a, a gem go a friend of ours is making yeah. sure Jack gets the share of his impop nito we each mm. got 10 of these bags all different flavors to try and enjoy and Jack's box of popcorn will be delivered to him tomorrow. Hell yeah. Love to see it. Shout out Worth. What a beast. Yeah. Appreciate him. Um, all right. My next one is a driver. Shocker. Jack Ratliff is somebody on the road. So I was driving into the garden. I was on the highway. I am in the right lane. far or The second lane from the far right. Somebody from the far left lane. Three lane highway jerks over and cuts right in front of me like like this was not a place you should emerged i was like cruising i was going at good speed <clears throat> they just cut right in front of me to the point where i have to like break on the highway which you shouldn't have to break on the highway unless there's should never have to break on the highway right? so they cut in front of me i'm mad i go into the far lane to pass them and as i am i see them putting their blinker on trying to go in between two cars in the far right lane where there is like very clearly not enough space and in my head i'm just thinking this person's like legitimately going to cause an accident like it was it was bad and so i sped by him and i see behind me and there's like a whole bunch of stopping and honking i'm like i uh, people just need to learn like how to drive this is bad um it it was frustrating and also ratless people who like go the perfect speed in the middle lane to where they're going too slow where I want to drive faster, but they're not going fast enough where I can effectively pass them without going yes. too fast. Yes. Pick, pick a correct speed. Going 70, 70 helps nobody. <laughs> go 75, <laughs> right? Go, go an okay speed where I am cool riding behind you or where I can not have to speed up, you know, obscenely to pass you in the middle lane, right? Or just, if you're going to go slow, go in the right lane or especially mm. rat list. People who drive the same speed 
in the left lane as the people in the middle lane. That yeah, is the passing lane. You Fuck can't off. wall up. <laughs> the wall up is the worst. Yeah. So if people are getting me uh, tight at 1 a.m. on the highway. I was getting angry. At 1 a.m., the, there should be no issue on the road, by the way. They made a wall at 1 a.m. There was there was like four cars on the whole fucking highway, and they Tank. made a wall. I was so mad. I just Tank wanted to go home. Wall. I was telling Sam, I was up so late editing last night, and I was fucking, I couldn't get home. I was angry. So, uh, Rattless, my mom. Oh, no. My mom has uh, taken an interest in the Celtics this year. And oh, no. <laughs> uh, I get a text yesterday and she says, mm. would you like to guess what she said? Is this what you texted me? She said, oh, yeah, I forgot I told you about this. Yeah, so yeah, she yeah, said, yeah. no, no guess. This doesn't count. She goes, I like the floor. <laughs> and I said, oh, no, I said, the floor is terrible. Disaster. And she said, I think it looks great. Is it still wood? I said, yes. <laughs> said, yes. Let's see. Did she say anything else after that? Because that's what I said. Oh, anyway. no. She just goes, yes, I like it. Oh, dear. So that's, this, that's, this uh... extends past my mom. Oh, no. Ratlist anybody that is saying good things about the, the court. <laughs> and also, ratlist the NBA. We didn't get to talk mm-hmm. about this on the show, I don't think. We did on the pregame when I first found out. But the Celtics yeah. reached out to the NBA and they were like, hey, can we do parquet down the middle? And they were like, no. Why? You're subjecting them to this hacky marketing tactic anyway. At least let them have some creativity with it. Isn't that what you want? The the courts and stuff to have meaning to the city that's the whole purpose of the uniforms. Why, why won't you let them do it? That would rule. That would at least make it at least like, okay, like I can see what you're doing. Okay, respect. Yeah, I agree. You Silver and Jay King are... Uh, you and Jay King... Handshake. J. King hates the court. He should. Any everybody should. And everybody should be complaining about it. Mm-hmm. Let him yeah. know it's not okay. Yeah. Better speak hey. up on what you stand for. Unless you like the court. <laughs> shut up. Um what else do I got? What else do I got? I'm trying to think. I, I haven't had something. that was my closer. I don't know. I mean, it's been a pretty lax couple days since the last time we did a Rattlist. I mean, I've just been working and going into the garden. There hasn't been too much. Like, the roads thing was my big, what I was mad at. <clears throat> the hinge prompt was obviously something as well. Any interesting but, exchanges? At the garden? No, oh, on hinge. Oh, on hinge? <laughs> Fuck no. Well, I was, so, two like, a week ago, I was drunk, and I just deleted Good my job. entire hinge profile. And I... So I just like reset everything. So I've like been not using it as much, but I I go on every once in a while and half the fucking prompts I see are that stupid one. People are terrible at prompts on Hinge though. And then before you're like, oh, well, Jack, what'd you write? I got approval. Sam's Sam's girlfriend approved, said my Hinge profile was fine. So it's not me. I'm not a hypocrite. The bar, the bar is the floor. Frank um, is note of dating apps, by the way. <laughs> What's your definition of the goat? <laughs> uh, he's got the best screenshots I've ever seen of just being a dickhead. <laughs> maybe which, maybe which the... Kayla is not not a fan of. She is none maybe, too pleased. Let's call it the woat, the worst of all time. I don't know if he's greatest. <laughs> fucking Frank. Uh, oh, we're we're ratless dots. We didn't put fucking Matt on the screen oh, the entire no! fucking time. Yeah, that's that's bad luck for us. That's a tech. Our bad. Hand up. Sorry. No Matt. <clears throat> that's bad. Uh, and the, the worst part is, I think we're done now. I don't have anything else. Uh, that's all I got. Yeah, we're done. Well, 
thank you all for tuning in regardless. We appreciate you guys. We'll leave Matt on the screen a little longer this time because you guys didn't get to see him. But uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure to comment what's popping on the YouTube so you can be entered to win some in-pop needle popcorn. Uh, you don't want to miss it. It's, it's a great product. We would not mm -hmm. be doing it if we didn't like it. We reached out to them because we were literally like, this stuff rules. We do like it. So uh, check that out. Comment what's popping. Subscribe to How About Themselves. Like, leave us five stars on Apple and Spotify. And I'll let Sam take it out. Hey, thank you very much for listening or watching. Make sure if you're on YouTube to subscribe, hit the notification bell, and leave a like and comment. Say what's popping. Enter yourself in the contest, right? You don't want to miss any of our stuff. We're putting up daily videos. We're doing streams pre-game, before the games. Those are a blast. We were dying laughing yesterday with the listeners. It was a great time. Make sure you come stop by. You can find us on Spotify and Apple if you want just the audio version of the podcast as well as game recaps. Those will be uploaded there too. Uh, you can leave us a follow, say something nice, five-star review. You can find us on socials at How About Them Seas. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Facebook is just the name of the podcast. Good growth there. So join the community. Streams will be there too. So if you're scrolling through Facebook and you want to watch us, listen to us pregame, we'll be there. Uh, playback, you can still follow us on Playback. We want to do that. It's just they're not really letting us. We, we can all hang out and yeah. watch a black screen if we do playback. Get it yeah. together, playback. <laughs> uh, you can follow Jack on Twitter at Jack Simone NBA. You can follow me at Sam LaFrance NBA. That's it for us. Bye.